It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host, and uh, it's always exciting to be with you on a Sunday morning here on 94.1, here on your radio dial wave 94. I say this is a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. Show number 1090 today. I've been doing this about 20 years. We have a few rules. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. And that just seems to have worked very, very well. I have a brand new guest (laughs) on the show. A lot of times we have people who come back, and we always appreciate that. But this is a Pastor Wade Moran, and the name of the church is Emerge Church. Yes, Pastor, sir. welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having yeah. me. Now, you've been in Tallahassee, you told me, about 10 years. Yes, sir. Where'd you come from? Come from a town called Gonzales, Louisiana. Gonzales, Louisiana. Just outside of Baton Rouge. <laughs> that sounds like my kind of town. Oh, I have... it's fantastic, man. <laughs> okay, so why Tallahassee? Well, um, honestly, it was never on my radar. Really? Um, I knew the Lord was leading us to plant a church somewhere on the Gulf Coast, and I was hoping it would be near a beach <laughs> with some pretty something water. Something like Panama City or something yeah, like that. Well, I was thinking Destin. Destin, okay. And I had this thought uh, it would be pretty incredible to baptize someone in that pretty water. Right. And um, so when we felt the call to to pursue and go after this this dream that God had given us, um, we immediately went to Destin, Florida, and realized that was not where the Lord really? was leading us. Right. How'd you know that? Well, my wife and I fought the entire weekend. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was you know we were praying God you know speak to us show us something mm-hmm. anything. And the entire weekend, I, I, I'm not sure what it was, but we were at each other. And the last night we were there at dinner, just felt like we were being a little anxious about this whole church planting thing and decided, you know, we just need to sit back, serve where we're at and let the Lord lead us wherever right. that time okay. comes. But definitely felt like, no, Dustin, that's not where we're not supposed it. to go. <laughs> so then we figured the next best spot would be Pensacola. Okay. Because they have a beach and the water's pretty there. Yeah, the that's true. Nice I lived too. in Pensacola. I know about that. Yeah. And so visited there a couple of times and just um, my wife just didn't think that was the place for our family. Huh. And so I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and, um, and so we tried a couple of other places and it just never felt like home, never felt like where we were supposed to be and had a mentor just asked me if we ever considered Tallahassee and I told him no sir I have not uh-huh. and he asked me why not and I said well my brother and I shared a room growing up and in the 90s he became a Florida State Seminole fan and I was an LSU Tiger fan. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he would rub it in every oh, time Florida goodness. State would win and I just didn't really want anything to do with Florida State uh-huh. and so when he mentioned Tallahassee that was that was nowhere <laughs> on the radar but after a little while of praying and doing a little research, we found ourselves 
more and more interested in Tallahassee. Okay. And uh, I did some research without telling my wife about it. She did some research without telling me about it. And one day we said, I told her I needed to talk to her about a potential place. Uh-huh. And she said, I need to talk to you as well. And that night we sat down. We both opened our folders. And on the, the first page was Tallahassee. Wow. And we decided <laughs> to come give it a visit. Sound like confirmation to me. Well, that was the first. Right. And we, we canceled our 15-year anniversary cruise. And decided to come to Tallahassee for our 15-year anniversary to see if the Lord was leading us here. Uh-huh. And we drove around the city, and for me personally, within the first day, I knew okay. there was something about it here. I knew this is where the Lord wanted us to be. Wow. And my wife told me, before she she didn't tell me this till after the trip, but before we left, she told me the Lord spoke to her in her car on her way home from work the Friday before we came to visit and told her this was our city but she didn't want to tell me she wanted the lord to tell me yeah and so uh that's how we wound up here that's good isn't yeah it, it was and that's, it, the thing about it is it the way he brought it together yeah where you would have that confirmation in your heart and yes, you know sir. your wife is on board you're on board and now you're a seminole fan right um <laughs> I, just say yes i like them <laughs> but i don't love them okay and they did beat my team yeah they so did they did didn't they <laughs> i figured that may come up in this conversation <laughs> well the, the thing is the truth is when i came to tallahassee i had heard of florida state mm-hmm. because one time uh, 1978 they played the kentucky wildcats yeah in the NCAA tournament and of course the Wildcats beat him oh yeah but uh, Joe B had to do some d- discipline in that game and he had some of his best players sitting on the bench wow and he got close hmm. so that's the only th- that's the only thing I knew about Florida State didn't even know it was here wow and I actually asked the board of elders of the church and when we came to to uh, candidate the church if there was a college in town because mm-hmm. i had some time left on my gi yeah. bill <laughs> so but i've since come around so and, you're a seminole fan well i actually i became a bobby bowden fan there you go before i became a seminole fan yeah many people are bobby yeah. bowden fans well uh, brother bowden was a a believer mm, yeah. and, and i and he was kind of like a little like a lay preacher right <laughs> and uh i heard that and that intrigued me and then everything else just kind of fell into place. But when it comes to basketball. <laughs> you like the blue. Uh, I still like the blue. <laughs> yes, so, sir. But the thing is, is that I find that uh, when you come into a community, you, you, you want to get as much involved in the community as yes. you can. And so sports is just one of those ways. Right. But then there's other things that, that communities have a have a draw to because you want to become a part. You don't want to be right. feel like that you're always isolated from everybody else. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I came to Tallahassee, I found out real quick that people here, they, they love their football. They love it. <laughs> so, so and I wasn't even a football fan. I, I didn't even know any. Wow. I didn't even know that Kentucky had a football team. And actually, uh, I was in Lexington. My brother went to UK, mm-hmm. and and we were driving across to campus on a Saturday morning, and all these people were passing in front of the car. And I said to Jerry, I said, "Where are all these people going?" He says, "They're going to the football game." That was the first time that I even wow. knew that the Wildcats even had a football team, <laughs> but I knew they had a basketball. Yes, sir. Team. So many people know about that, right? Too. Right. But the th- the thing is, you came to Tallahassee, you felt the 
confirmation in your heart. Yes, sir. And first of all, you had the call to go Pioneer Church. Yes, sir. Why, why would you do that instead of going and taking an existing church? Well, uh, some would say it would be easier to take an existing church. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting, and very few people know the story, but we were actually, we had the opportunity to take a church right at the time that we decided we were coming to plant our church. Okay. And um, there was the thought of security that comes with an established church, of sure. course, for my family. Sure. And uh, so you have those thoughts, but the 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 passion and the desire to do this was so much greater. I don't think I would have been spiritually fulfilled if I'd stayed in and just took that church. Mm-hmm. There was something in me that was, and 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 I know it was the the, the Holy Spirit of assumption. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's hard to explain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's one of those I have to do this. Right, right. Like I cannot leave this planet without doing this. And uh, knowing that we were stepping into some of the hardest work that we've ever done mm-hmm. in our lives, but now, um, now so thankful that we did. Right now, were you sponsored? Did you have a sponsor when you came to town? I had uh, the church that I came from in Louisiana, uh, Household of Faith Church, uh, is the church that I actually grew up in. Okay, and uh, I became the youth pastor of the youth group that I grew up in. And then uh, served as youth pastor for almost 11 years. Okay. And um, the pastor of that church and I had a great relationship, and he really played a fathering role in my life, especially in ministry, and really started opening up doors for, for me to be exposed to other pastors, other ministries. And, um, and he saw it on my life. In fact, he prophesied it once that, oh. that, that there was a, a, a lead pastor calling on my life and that Lord was going to bring me to a city. And um, and so knowing that there was that, that relationship, that pastoral relationship as a spiritual father, it, I feel like it put me in the place to, number one, have the, the blessing mm-hmm. of God, the favor of God on my life to do it. But then that, that same home church invested in us financially to help us to get the church started. Okay. Now, there still was plenty of uh, fundraising to be done because <laughs> uh, it takes a lot of money to get oh, a church absolutely. going. Sure. And just thankfully that uh, the church there um, – uh, definitely supported us and helped us. Now, did to you go to strong. anything? Now, I know in Open Bible, which is the group that I'm with, uh, they're really big on church planning. Yeah, and uh, they have these boot camps. Now, Open Bible doesn't have them, but there are right. these. Uh, I guess there are groups that put together the boot camps and send uh, pastors there, and they. Uh, I guess this is intense training. Did you all do any of that? Oh yes, sir. Um, so our pastor was part of an organization called ARC Association okay, of Related that, Churches, yeah. Yeah. and uh, I didn't realize it um, years ago. But when ARC first began, my pastor was bringing us to these small conferences, and it was a bunch of round tables with pastors. You know, from here and there, and it was the beginning of Ark. Okay. And now Ark is thousands and thousands yeah, of yeah. churches all over the world, and uh, to have been exposed to that early on, to connect and make those relationships early on, um, I can look back now and see how number one, my pastor was investing in me, but also see how the Lord was exposing me to so many of these pastors and what was happening throughout this movement. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Ark put together um, an intensive 
church training for church planners and it's a it's a it's a series of four weekend trainings and um it's pretty intense that it's not just these are the things you do and you don't do it's a lot of spiritual health emotional health relational health questions that they're asking because they want you to be healthy so that you make it right right and uh yeah. that was that was pretty intense but so glad we had it well i've, I've known of uh, quite a few people mm-hmm. who have endeavored <laughs> and uh, not everybody is successful because yeah. it is uh, uh it's, it's tough work like you just said I know, uh, uh, at our last spring conference they had a couple of the church planners that spoke in, in just an afternoon uh, session they weren't the quote the speakers but they were brought up to testify and i remember this one particular girl young lady and she, she said it's hard she said it's hard to, yeah. to do starting from scratch like that it is but uh, praise god for people who do because every church that you have somebody did it yeah. i mean these big successful churches somebody had the unction to go and follow the Holy Spirit and do it, and uh, we wouldn't have all the churches if it wasn't. Well, I'm thankful that my dad instilled some good work ethic in me mm-hmm. early on in my life because uh, I, I have friends that went through the training and they didn't make it with their churches, okay, um, just because it is a grind. Yeah, yeah. And um, but I'm thankful the Lord's favor was on us, and we had a great team of people that worked together to help us make it happen. Now. Tell us how it all happened. You came to Tallahassee, then what happened? Well, we didn't know anyone here. Okay. And the first person that we met was Kush Willis, who owned Kush's Bayou Rouge restaurant, and found out he was from my hometown. Okay. And uh, something about Cajuns, they right. find each other. So were you, just, were you just drawn to that restaurant? Uh, yes, thank the Lord. <laughs> I needed a refuge, a place right. to eat. Um, and Kush became such a resource for us to answer all of our questions that we had about Tallahassee because years before he had moved his family here okay and with young children and uh they were involved in sports much like my kids were we knew he knew our background because he came from the same city and so he really became a source of hey if you want to know anything about tallahassee this is what we've learned and um that that insight was so important for us because um, we knew many families were would be at the ballparks mm-hmm. and with my kids playing sports that became a mission field for us to begin to speak to other parents and um and they always asked what are you here for what moved you here you know they always think work well when you tell them you're starting a church <laughs> that's a pretty interesting conversation they sure, want to know more sure, right and uh when you begin to talk to them about it they some of them think it's a pretty neat idea right. others of them think we're crazy um but when you get this reputation at a ballpark whenever something happens in their life they want to talk to you uh-huh. about it yeah and so you start pastoring before you even have a congregation <laughs> but tell us about the first service well we did many months of um just smaller gatherings we start in our living room just trying to get whoever will come and we just wanted to tell them what our vision for for this church was what it would look like and um and i knew if my information wasn't good enough we had good food that we could cook um being, <laughs> the, the louisiana style <laughs> yeah and and people love gumbo especially okay. if it's authentic and okay. uh i remember we would invite people over and cook a big gumbo and uh and 
we would always make it a point to share something about the church and some people liked it some people didn't want to hear it they just wanted the food uh, <laughs> so now if I had to move to Florida or if, if, if I had to just showed up in Florida as I told you compliments of the United States Navy I wouldn't even know what a gumbo was oh, man. I'm from Kentucky I mean we don't well, we do have gumbo people, we have people that didn't know what it was but when they ate it they liked it they wanted yeah, some I, more. I've eaten it I like it too <laughs> um, so we started in our living room and I remember when uh, we probably had about 30, 35 people in the living room. They were sitting all up the stairs. I mean, it was pretty compact. That's, that's pretty impressive for a, a, just a yeah. whole meeting. And um, there was some buzz, and so we knew we needed a little more space. We weren't ready to officially launch the church yet. Um, so we leased out the, um, the conference room at the Hilton Garden Inn right at the interstate. Okay. And there was a conference room there, and so we started doing some Sunday evening gatherings. And the plan was to share the vision, talk about what some of our core values and kind of what our idea was as a church. And I would spend a little time ministering and, you know, just praying with people about different things. And um, when we went there, that's where we started. You know what? We probably ought to start doing some opportunities for giving because <laughs> right. we're going to do this church thing we need sure, we need sure. some finances because yeah. we're going to be paying rent you know to leave, to rent the school and we have equipment to purchase right. and uh well even that room at the hilton garden I, we have to pay for that yeah, I, I did a, a, an event called sunfest for 25 years i rented a lot of hotel rooms that's all I mean, banquet rooms they're expensive yes so but uh, where did that financing come from in the very beginning well we had we had families that knew what we were doing and they would call us and say the lord said to give to this ministry now you're talking about people back in louisiana everywhere yeah. not just in louisiana but here mm -hmm. um we had some other churches even that said we believe in what you're doing we want to help wow. you do it and uh and of course some of the people that were on our team they saw hey this is a church that's going to happen uh even though they're not officially announcing uh that it's open season to give in the offering they wanted to give mm -hmm. and so um we had some finance from our home church that okay. we were operating with but as they began to give it started to open up more opportunities and so we started meeting there and uh, our focus was building a team that could help us start the church officially mm -hmm. and our goal was to start it february the 5th of 2012 and so all through the months of november and december and january we were meeting at this conference room and we started probably i don't know 35 people and by the time we got ready for our launch service uh, we probably had about 50 and um so we put out some mailers put a few ads on the radio prayed a whole lot invited everybody we saw and just prayed to god that somebody would show up over there on february well, it sounds to me like the lord was really uh, blessing you with it because even those numbers in the beginning that's very impressive to get yeah. many people to, to gather so to god be the glory with that now the name who named it we my wife and i named it that when we were youth pastors our heart was to raise up young people mm-hmm and so we had a leadership team in our youth ministry called Emerge Leadership Team. Okay. And it was the heart to raise people up. And so when we were praying about what to name the church, we had some ideas, but nothing really stuck. It didn't, didn't it's kind of like naming a child. You, you got a lot of options, but you got to think about what you're going to call the kid. Right. Not just what their name's <laughs> going to be on paper, what you're going to call them. Right. And we had this heart to see 
people lifted up and it kept coming back to emerge and uh so we just decide let's go with emerge okay. uh, let's let's raise people up and uh you know i think about whenever who was it peter and john at the gate of the temple and there was the lame man laying there and he was asking for money and uh they said we don't have any money <laughs> but what we do have we give you in the name of jesus right. get up and walk and he took him by the hand and right. lifted him right. up and, right. and that was the confirmation for the name of the church that's what we want to do we want okay. to lift people up amen silver and gold have i none but, but i didn't want that I have give i thee <laughs> i didn't want the silver and gold have i none to be a part of our story <laughs> i don't want to be broke <laughs> well sometimes being broke yeah kind of goes along with it for a while yeah, it but, does but what god has a way of uh, helping you through those times, but now the first few years was it was a it was a struggle. challenge. It was a challenge? a challenge. It was up and down. Tell us about that. Um, you could go one Sunday and there would be 150 pe- people there, and the following Sunday you would have 48 people uh-huh. there, and you just never knew who was coming and who wasn't, and um, so it was it was really challenging to get consistency. Right. Right. And um, we had a lot of needs in the church because we were portable and we were counting on a lot of people. And that put a lot of work on uh, the the people who were helping out, mm-hmm. including myself. Right. It was a lot of early Sunday mornings. So when you're a portable church, as you say, and you have sound equipment and chairs, where does all those things stay uh, between services? We had a very large trailer piled up with equipment <laughs> that we kept at a storage facility okay so and, every, uh, every sunday morning you're backing the trailer up there yes sir and uh unloading yes, when sir. you're done you load it back up again it was a lot i tell work. you what that takes a commitment and, and a dedication to it was that. it was a lot of work <laughs> and i know uh the times that, that i've you would take young people on, on the road on a youth tour and you have to yeah. set up every time i'm going man after about a week of that that <laughs> That's a lot. I'm about done with that. And you're doing this for, for I guess you're still doing that in a way. Well, in parts parts of what we're doing now are still portable, but for the most part, it's not as much set up and tear down okay. as we've had in the past. We have to adapt the space that we're using now for different things that we do. But um, for the most part, the, the, the infrastructure is there. Okay. It may mean moving some chairs around and some pipe and drape, but for the most part, we try to keep it. Yeah, we haven't even told the audience where, where you're located at. Uh, we're currently located at the Tallahassee Auto Museum, the Cord Banquet Hall, and uh, we've been there since June of 2020. And um, after the pandemic, that was the doors that were open, the mm-hmm. only doors that were open in town for us to meet. And so we began meeting there, and uh, it's been it's been quite the experience there. It's another part of town. Most of the ministry that we did was up on Thomasville Road at I ten area. This moved us a whole exit over, and it kind of opened up the doors for us to reach some new people, mm-hmm. some people that uh, you know we weren't reaching before, as well as keep some of the people that we were reaching. Right. And so more people out there than you. There's you'd a think. lot of yeah. people in this town. Yeah. I know when uh, Brother Nottingham moved to Calvary Chapel out there mm-hmm. they were surprised yeah. at uh, the number of people that's uh, in in that area you think it's it's kind of rural yeah but they're back in those bushes <laughs> there's people everywhere there's, and there's there's neighborhoods all, all around there and it's growing the the amazon coming in is really starting to fast track a lot of growth there 
on Highway 90. And uh, so it's been it's been over the last two years, the growth there mm-hmm. just in the area has been right. incredible. Right. And the, the thing is, is that when you uh, think about how that a church, you know, you, you want to find your, your niche. I mean, where's, where's the area of town that God's calling you to, to labor and minister? Now, I understand we're in a mobile society. People people, yeah. people will drive to church. Yeah. I mean, uh, at least that's the way it is now. Right. Uh, economy could change that. Right. But, I mean, as you go back, you know, Back in the old, it was going to be older days. Was how far can you go on a horse and buggy? Right, would right. Burn half, but now with the automobile, you can people drive fifty miles to go to church yeah. if if it's the church they really oh, yeah. want to be at. So, so you're not just limited to right. that area where you are there. But again, there are people there. Right, <laughs> right. Know? But then you've also got some other churches in the area too. That oh yeah, that people attend. But for where you are. What on a Sunday morning, ten minutes to be in in town, about ten minutes. About ten fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's, not, take that's long. not bad. Yeah. What time are your services on Sunday? Ten thirty. Ten thirty. Yes, sir. And can people reach you on the internet? Yeah, emergechurch.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. Emergechurch.com. Yes, sir. Well, a simple one for a change. We try to keep it that way. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of times when I when I have people on the show, go, it goes, all right, let me write that down. Cause, and I'm thinking that if I've got to write it down, anybody driving down the road. <laughs> Emergechurch.com. Yeah, Emergechurch.com. Yes, sir. And, of course, that, that would give you a service times and, and, yep. and all the other things that people would want to know. Yes, they sir. They can check that out and such. Yeah. And um, I'm assuming you're inviting people to come out worship. Anyone who wants to come. Okay. Doors and, are open. And it's the one service at 11 o'clock. No, uh, 10.30. 10.30, I'm yes, sorry. Yes, sir. 10.30. Emergechurch.com. That's it. Uh, well, welcome this morning. Appreciate you tuning in. I always appreciate my radio audience for joining me on Sunday mornings and, of course, Saturday night for the Saturday Night Gospel Sing, because you know that Pastor King, well, he kind of kind of likes gospel music, so I always try to share at least one song with you on Sunday mornings. This is the Mark Trammell Quartet. Dog, better shores. Better shores. I just wonder where that might be. <laughs> One thing about, by the way, in Southern Gospel music, we sing a lot about heaven. That's yes. just that's just a uh, that's just a theme, I guess it is. But we sing a lot about heaven. But I said that's okay because we believe in heaven. Amen. We believe it's a literal place that God will have for us to be when we leave this earth. Amen. You're tuned to the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I am Pastor Jack King. I am your host, and uh, well, I've been doing this for a while, and uh, I love having uh, guests come on the show with me. And I'm inviting you, if you are a pastor, preacher, missionary, you're involved in Christian ministry in some capacity, you need to call me and let me get you on the show. We pre-record, so if you're a pastor, don't worry about missing your Sunday morning service. We pre-record it and have it ready to go at 8 o'clock here on 94.1. And um, we've talked about a lot of things over a lot of years. That's probably very few subjects that I haven't covered somewhere along the line. And then on Saturday nights, uh, my passion, this Southern Gospel music, one of my passions. And I love to share that with you. So we do that at 7 o'clock on Saturday nights, uh, Saturday Night Gospel Sing. It's a full hour of the best music on the planet, in my opinion. And, of course, then uh, Monday through Friday is the daily broadcast. We come on at 11 o'clock and just bring the Word of God to you here on 94.1. So that's a lot of 
good things for you to tune into. You can find this show on the podcast. It's show number 1090. And uh, you can listen to it again, share it with a friend. The only thing you won't get is the music because we can't put the music on the podcast. That's why we don't put the Saturday Night Gospel Sing on the podcast, but we do do the daily broadcast. So you can find it there. And, uh, well, I am the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministries, 720 Capital Circle Northeast, and we'd give you an invitation to join us as well. We start at 11.05. And everybody asks me, so why do you start at 11.05? And I said, well, it has to do with my son-in-law was our music leader, and he was also doing the uh, sound for a church downtown, and he, he needed that extra five minutes, five minutes. To, <laughs> to get there. And that's what's on the door. There you go. As long as it's on the door... <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to pay to have that change. So 11.05. 11.05 is when we start Sunday morning. FRCM.us. We'd love to have you come and worship with us as well. Uh, Brother Wade Moran. Did I get it right? Yes, sir. Okay. Sometimes I get a little fuzzy on my names here. Emerge Church. He's The church is 10 years old, and he, yeah. him and his wife, uh, God sent them to Tallahassee. Yes, sir. To start this church. And we've just been talking about it and some of the struggles and the different things. Then you mentioned your wife. Mm-hmm. Tell me about her through all of this. Yeah. Well, you know, for a pastor, his dreams and all this is um, it's so real to him, but he's got a helpmate uh-huh. from the Lord, his wife. Right. And one of the, um, it, I look at it like this, it, before I can convince anybody else, the first person I got to be able to convince is my wife. Wow. And the Lord blessed me with an incredible wife. In fact, I, like I mentioned earlier, my wife knew this was the city for us before I did. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like the Lord did a lot of the work for me there. Um, but my wife has been such a huge part of our ministry because she's really been the financial stability for our family with her job. But her story is absolutely amazing and how God has saved her and uh, really did a work in her life. And um, the, the, how our family just came together is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you grew up in church. Yourself. I did. So you, you're, I mean, you're from, like from birth, you've been in the yeah, church. Yeah, and like I said, I, I became the, the youth pastor right. or the youth group I grew up in. Right. Now, what about her? She did not grow up yeah. in church, and um, her family would send her to church with other family members. And really, her life was impacted uh, from summer youth camps. Praise and, the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, You're singing my song now. <laughs> and, and and even as youth pastor, summer youth camp was so important to us because the impact it had on her life personally as well as mine. And um, she would, every year, she would go to uh, summer youth camp with her um with some of her family and they would take her to Arkansas or to Missouri to these summer youth camps and she would meet people and it was really a source of stability for her because there were some issues in her family that was creating a lot of struggles and it was there that the Lord really began to work on her heart and so she'd go to camp every year and rededicate her life mm-hmm. to the Lord sure. and and you know through the teen years she'd she'd live for the Lord at camp and then away from camp it was drift away and it, but mm-hmm. she knew she was going back but to that camp. camp would bring you back yeah every yeah. year yeah. and uh, so finally as she was getting close to being about 20 years old um, that's when she committed her life to the Lord but she was still going to summer camp still <laughs> finding a way to go to summer youth camp and uh and, you know, to have done youth ministry together for 11 years, that summer youth camp was so incredible for us 
And we wanted to give that opportunity to young people. Now, did you go to youth camp when you were growing up? Oh, every yeah. year. Yeah. Every yeah. year. Uh, this radio audience, if you're a regular listener, they know. Yeah. <laughs> starting about February, I started pumping youth camp. Yeah. And uh, some of the radio audience have helped me over the years yeah. to, to do this because I, I know the I know the value of it. I, I'm a product of youth camp me growing too. up as a kid, and I know what it can do and how I can accomplish bringing young people to Christ, raising up leaders, uh, even with my own children. Yes. Uh, over the years, you know, you're talking about they start drifting a little bit. Yeah. And then to be either Sunfest, which is our big youth conference mm-hmm. that I put together, or the camp. Right. And then it was just like, it was just bring them back. Yep. And I know they, they would they would start to sway, sway a little bit going on, but then another camp would come along. But they, they yeah. don't, they'd never, I, I've, I know I've never forgotten it, and I've, I've had so many kids, they've never forgotten those experiences they sure. had with God at camp. Yeah. No yeah. matter what they've done yeah. since, they will never, ever forget no, those no. moments in the presence yeah. of God. Yeah, it's life changing. It's life impacting. Oh, and life defining. Yeah, and that's why at my age, I'm 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 the biggest kid of them all. And I still go. (laughs) My wife knows that about three weeks after from youth camp, I just zone out. Yeah, because I there's so much because I I I put it together, I run it. I mean, there's so much to do to get it ready to go, and then I'm just there. But it's it's incredible that her story, my wife's story, youth camp was such a part of it. And at the same time, that was my story as well. She didn't grow up in church, but she had those experiences, mm-hmm. and so did I. And uh, we still we still both go to summer youth camp. Praise and now we're, our own kids now get those experiences as well. And, uh, you know, for our kids at church, we, we, we make sure there's an opportunity for them to go to summer camp. Now, how did you all meet? My wife and I, yeah, we met at church. Well, we met at a high school football game, actually. And I was in the band in high school, and she was uh, she was a student, and she was sitting in the stands, but she was sitting near my parents at the ball game, and uh, found out that my my family knew her family. I okay. didn't know her yet. And I would go up after halftime and get some money to go to the concession stand from my parents, and that's where I met her. Mm-hmm. Well, then, not long after that, she began to come to church, and that's ah, where we really right. connected, became friends. So she's just there in the stand, but she knew your parents, but that's not why she was her, there. Her family knew our family. Right. I mean, was it uh, when you buy a ticket, you get the same seat every time, or was it? No, it was very, it was general admission so in all these areas, <laughs> and she just so happened to sit in the same place, and they so happened to sit in the same, kind of like church people, <laughs> right. they sit in the oh, same yeah, place yeah, every yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and it's a small town yeah. that we were living in, so everyone knew each other, right, knew somebody, right. and that was kind of the scenario there, and okay. uh, and so that's where I met her. I never thought this would be the woman I marry. I just thought this is the, these are the girls that sit by my parents during the ball game. I'm just wondering if your parents invited her to come to your particular church. Um, they had a part in uh-huh. in getting her there yeah. for sure. And so she comes to church and she likes it, and, and so it becomes her church. Yeah, and then you all meet. <laughs> we met. She was. We were both involved with working in the youth ministry. Okay. And, uh, you know, through this friendship, it became more than friends, obviously. And then I I decided I would ask her out, and she said yes. So now, did she have any idea that you would be in the ministry when she... Well, when we first started dating, definitely not, because I didn't tell a whole lot of people that. 
because uh, I knew if my mom found out she was going to do everything to make that happen. Uh, she was going to make sure I got into the ministry, uh-huh. and I wasn't going to say all of that to her. So when we started dating, uh, my original plan was I'm going to college, and I'm going to become a contractor. Okay. And so when we started dating, that was the plan. And at the time, I was leading a, a small group, and uh, I loved it so much. And uh, one night, we had a small group uh, for just for the leaders in the youth group, and the youth pastor asked me to lead it that night. I wasn't okay. the youth pastor yet. I was just a leader in the youth group. And that night after I led that group, we were talking, and I decided I was going to tell her because I knew that night I have to answer this call mm. all my life. And when I told her that, she was surprised, and she told me that wasn't part of the plan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I mean, you all were serious about each other at that yeah, time. Yeah, so, we were serious. Okay, so this is kind of a different twist for her. Yeah, uh, uh, because uh, the plan was I'm going to be a contractor. Right, now you're going to be a preacher. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, how are we going to do this? Uh-huh. <laughs> and But it was funny because when she began to tell talk to her friends, um, her friends told her, you always said that you would marry a pastor. Really? And so – Again, you see how the Lord just puts pieces together. <laughs> and um, and so, you know, we were serving already in youth ministry, helping the youth pastor out. And then, um, you know, when we got married, continued to serve. Right. We felt like that was the place we were supposed to serve in youth ministry. And um, a couple years later, my youth pastor pulled us aside after a service and told us he was going to be resigning in a uh. month. And that was the first time I had the thought that I could be the youth pastor. Uh-huh. And so she and I started talking about the possibilities of it, and we were pretty excited about it. And uh, three months later, we became youth pastors. So somewhere along the line, she had a little change of heart here. Yeah. I, you know, it's the initial shock of this wasn't what I planned, but this is the lesson a lot of young people learn. <laughs> sure. When, when you're when you're in your 20s, yeah. you have to learn to write your plans in pencil, uh-huh. not in pen, because they're going, uh, yeah. they're going to change. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my wife, she says she had no idea what she was getting herself into. When we came to pastor the church that we're pastoring now, she was 19 years old. Oh, as wow. A, as, a, as a pastor's wife. And like I said, she had no clue what she was getting yeah. into. And, I, and of course, I'm eight years older than her. So yeah. so we had a little bit more life's experience as such. Yeah. But uh, uh, I would say this, the congregation was very kind to her yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and gave her the opportunity to grow as a right. pastor's wife. And she's great now. But it just, it's, 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 a, it's a step. You said it earlier. It's, it's like this. He said, um, for uh, sometimes something happens in the church or whatever, and, and maybe the pastor is maybe attacked or whatever, the person that's the hardest on is her. Yeah. Because no woman wants to hear this about your husband. Right. And, uh, and that was her biggest challenge. <laughs> she'd, she'd want to hurt somebody yeah. <laughs> if, they, if they did something to me. And I told her, look, honey, I can, I can fight my own battles here. You yeah. don't have to fight them for me. But but that's 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 a difficult thing, and then and then you mentioned the children, yeah, and like over the years we did our best to shield things, yeah, from from the children as much as you can. But later on, because my children are all adults now, mm-hmm. they've told me there there were times it was it was 
tough for them at yeah. times. And I really didn't realize it as such. Yeah. But the old expression is that they're, they're in the fishbowl. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, people are watching what what you're doing. I heard one lady, she said, well, the reason why the preacher's kids are so bad is because they run with the deacon's kids. <laughs> and I don't know how much truth there is to that. Yeah. But there is influence. Pastoring has its challenges, and you don't know what it's like until you've done it. Right. It's just that simple. And, of course, for somebody like you and your wife, even though you've been in the youth ministry and things, you're you're entering in not only the, the process of starting a church and learning how to do that, you're learning to be a pastor. Right. And so you kind of got the whole baptism by fire. <laughs> it, it was such an incredible experience because, you know, you you look forward to doing this so much. And there are some similarities of youth ministry and pastoral ministry because it is people. Sure. And I found that adults just have the same problems that kids have. Mm-hmm. They just still working on them, <laughs> but they have a lot more opinions and a lot less trust. Uh-huh. And so, as a pastor, it's how do we reach this adult? I knew how to reach kids, right? But how do you reach an adult, and how do you help them walk through these challenges, even whenever they may not agree mm-hmm. with you or yeah. they may not see the benefit of it? And it was definitely a growth. Mm-hmm. It was growing and. Right. Uh, I think that's the, the process we're all in. Yeah. We're all growing. We're oh, all absolutely. trying to, to, to take that next step right. where, where God's leading us. If it's healing, if it's you know stepping out in faith into a ministry or, or whatever. It, and, and I think if we all give each other some grace and, and support to help us take that next step, it goes better for all of us. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in your uh, style of ministry, mm-hmm. are you uh, – what we might call a word preacher. You do a lot of contemporary or, or ex, uh, extemporary. Or you, how, how do you? What is your style of ministry? It um, it takes on a lot of different forms because there are times where um, particular topics need to be taught, uh-huh. and so um, my now I, I like to get fired up a little bit whenever I speak, and so but there are topics that I know I need to sit back on. And really present because we have a generation that isn't as exposed to the Word of God as previous generations were. And so, um, as a pastor, understanding that you do have a responsibility to teach the Word of God. And so, even though I want to get super excited and passionate and fired up teaching, uh, preaching about the Holy Spirit, I do need to teach about the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it, it's being able to gauge which, with each sermon and with, with each topic. Like, how do I need to present this? So sometimes it's fired up, man, and there's a lot of shouting. (laughs) And sometimes it's just more line by line Mm -hmm. in order to help that person really, really grasp um, what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so it changes. And sometimes there will be an altar call. Sometimes there will be one of those send you home and think about it. Sometimes there's a cliffhanger. Because I want you to come back next week. A cliffhanger. Yeah. Oh. And, and and I'm going to leave you with this. And you're trying to figure out why'd you leave me with that. <laughs> and if you come back next week, I'll tell you the rest of the but, story. But what if they don't come back? They'll never know. They can watch it on YouTube. That's <laughs> <laughs> cheating. <laughs> well, you know. But I, I've, I've yeah. tried to, to, to flex to reach more people, even though I have my preference for uh-huh. how I'd like to speak yeah. and how I'd like a church service to go. 
uh, I've I've learned to understand that that people are in different places, mm-hmm. and and people do have different preferences because yeah. some people would rather line by line, and other people they would rather run around the church and shout. And, <laughs> and I I think there's places for sure, both of it. Sure. To be honest yeah. with you, yeah, I know that there's been times on my daily broadcast that I've done cliffhangers, not intentionally, but I've only got four minutes. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so sometimes I just run up against the wall and I'm going. Well, I sure hope they tune in tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, they're not going to find out what, what I was about to say. But hey, that's just kind of the way it goes. Yeah. Well, the thing about church is that it is, I've heard the expression, every church has its own personality. Oh, definitely. And of course, a lot of times, the churches take on the personality of, of the past. Definitely. And, uh, I agree with that. Um, but then again, People who will gravitate to certain personalities yeah. and such, and sometimes there'll be people. They may be in a church that's a well, let's say a little staunch, and then they might go to a church like you're talking about yours, and they go, you know, I really like that. Right? Didn't even realize that they they yeah, don't like yeah. that and such. And then somebody, I've heard people, eh, it's a little loud and things. And I think I'd really have something a little bit more quiet. Right. And so they, they go over here. They say, oh, that that works for me. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why it's good that we have a variety of oh, churches. I, I think the variety of churches is what sets us up to reach more people. Sure. sure. I, I, I don't think we need to be like any other church. We need to be the church that God wants us to be. And how God's wired that pastor, obviously, like you said, that church is going to take that personality on. But um, the, the the more variety of churches we have, the better chances that we reach the variety of people right. that's here in our community. But that's one of the reasons why it's difficult sometimes for churches to make a change in the past. Oh, definitely. A church has, has had this personality in this direction for this many years. Somebody else comes in, they're just totally different. Yeah. And that's adjustment. It's that adjustment is. for everybody. And mm-hmm. so I always try to tell when I was serving on the regional board with the, the Upper Bible Church, I said, you try to match it up as best you can. If you right. kind of know who your, your candidate is over here and your church, see if you get kind of get a little, a little meat there to where it kind of seems somewhat similar yeah. rather than doing a total radical change. Yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> like your church, but you're the only pastor the church has had. It's the only one. So that's all they know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure many of them have been in other churches. But yeah. but then all of a sudden God moves you away and now the next person comes in and he may be just totally different than you and that's, that's hard to make yeah. those types of, of adjustments and stuff. Right. And uh, unfortunately, that's when you see a lot of times churches begin to decline and all those things that goes on because that we we are people, right? <laughs> and as Jesus would say, we're sheep. Yeah, we're just sheep. That's it. <laughs> so is, but uh, let me just tell the audience: if you've just tuned in, this is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show uh, here on ninety four point one on your radio dial, and we well, we come here every Sunday morning. We have great interviews. We talk to people about their their passion. And Brother Wade asked me that same question. He said, "Well, what are we going to talk about?" And I said, "We're going to talk about your." passion and you've been hearing his heart today and uh, you've heard that he has a passion for his church and the calling on his life and he has a passion for souls and for young people yeah and i've heard that's really come through strong because you're talking about the youth camp and you're being a youth pastor and, and your heart for young people and i think that's an incredible thing and i hope that that fire never leaves because yeah. at, at my age i, I love young people yeah. <laughs> and i remember one time 
talking remember my wife was at the restaurant with this these people <laughs> just these people and uh, they were taking the fix to take on the role of youth leadership is kind mm-hmm. of thrust on them and they said, man we don't like young people <laughs> i'm going man how you gotta do this if you right. don't like young people i love young yeah. people oh i do too the man. energy that they bring to a church is is absolutely amazing yeah and uh, I, I love we have a lot of young people that are involved in our church. They serve all over the ministry. And uh, I'll be honest, we couldn't do it without them. Mm-hmm. We couldn't do all the things that we do without our young people. Yeah. And the thing is, is that uh, you think, well, they've changed over the years. I said, well, no, not really. I mean, the trappings change. Yeah. Their, their clothes change and their, and their vernacular changes. But in the heart of the, that young person, they they're still pretty much the same, yep. and I and I found over the years that if you love them, they'll love you back. Oh, definitely. And, uh, and I said, if I if I dig them, they'll dig me. That's, That's it. it. That's <laughs> it. They, they don't even know what that means yep. <laughs> anymore. But I mean, here I am. I mean, I'm getting up in age now. But I go to youth camp, and those kids, we we just connect. Yeah. We, just, we just have a connection because. You love them. That's you it. love them, and they respond to the love. They they like attention. <laughs> and I think young people they can pick up on someone who has a heart for their generation. Mm-hmm. I, I I think they they can pick up on it and they respond to it. Yeah. yeah see, I, I tell them I don't understand it, but but this this is you. It's it's important to you. So if it's important to you, then it's important to me. Yeah. But I don't understand it as, as such. I mean, I don't understand a lot of the music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, But I know one time uh, we were having youth camp over to Phoenix Springs, and I was a speaker, and I just took their songs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm not talking about the Christian songs. I'm talking about the stuff that a lot of these kids listen to. Mm-hmm. And I put the words of those songs on the wall. Mm-hmm. And they were stunned. Yeah. They were stunned. They said, that's in that song. Yeah, I said, yeah that's this is the song you you've been singing that you got in you your iPod or whatever it is, and you're listening to it every day. And some of them started deleting. Yeah, <laughs> oh said, yeah, well, you know, because that's the other influence that mm-hmm. we're battling. Definitely, definitely. So, so in the church, man, we need to be reaching young people. Oh yes, that, sir. So, so as you progress in the future, what do you see? Well, I definitely see a generation growing up in church. Mm-hmm. And I see, my heart really is to see young people stay in church, mm-hmm. even through their college years. That's Tell the years what, that's where a, many drift. Whew, but it's so true. Yeah. I, I see generational ministry like a pipeline in the church. And it, for us as pastors, it's understanding that where where is the leak at? Where, 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 where do we lose young people? Mm-hmm. And then at college age is a place that we lose them. Absolutely. And, yeah. and for some reason, church doesn't seem relevant to, to that age group. But one of the things that I've learned through the years is, um, do we have a dream for the next generation? And, you know, you read in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit gives us visions. The young men will have vision. The old men will dream dreams. Uh, when you're young, you're looking forward so much. When you get older, you're looking back trying to figure out what was the best years. <laughs> and I think you've got to have both. But the older generation must dream for the younger generation. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and I think that creates legacy mm-hmm. within the church. 
and it helps open the doors and ushers young people into even some of the roles in the church that that one day they will have to step into right right and so uh i definitely have a heart to see young people step into it but not just that but people with a calling on their life step into what god has called them to do and i know that word is thrown around so loosely but I know that there are people that know that they have the call of God on their life to the ministry, not just to a service in the ministry, but to the ministry. And um, the kingdom of God needs some more laborers. Oh, I oh. And I'm sure there are people listening yeah. to this right now that that chances are there's a call of God on their life that they have sat on for a long time mm-hmm. waiting for the right moment, waiting for the right. perfect conditions. And I would just say the perfect conditions for obedience is right now, yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that there's a lot of kingdom work to be done, and it's going to take kingdom laborers. You know, it's, it is sad the way to think that there could be somebody out there that – Man, I just love to have a place to serve, but I don't know where. And then here's a pastor over here going, Lord, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth yeah. labors. And I pray that prayer every yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> and well, the thing is, the connection needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, well, if you're somebody that that's you, you're looking for a place to serve. You need to get in touch with me. Now, it may not be in my church. I mean, I have I have opportunities. Brother Wade does too, but yeah. I know a lot of pastors. <laughs> I don't know what church isn't looking for more people to come oh, on board absolutely. and say, let's help reach absolutely. this city. Let's reach some more yeah. people. Let's serve some more people. And I think at the heart of a believer, I mean, if we're going to put the gospel in motion, it's going to include serving and not just talking. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I do. Everybody needs to be mobilized. It's yeah. got to be spoken, but we, yeah. you're right. That yeah. mobilization has yeah. got to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I know a lot of times, even on the radio here, I know of certain ministries over here and over here, but they don't know each other. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes that connection. Oh, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And to, to help to be able to propel the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I talked about. My passion being one of them being Southern Gospel music, but my, I say my passion is to expand the borders of God's kingdom. Yeah. Lord, you show me how mm-hmm. and send forth those who will come alongside me to be able to accomplish that objective mm-hmm. to help expand the kingdom of God. Yeah. And, and of course, thank God he's, he's raising up young people like yourself and your wife who's willing to go and. Uh, have an adventure. <laughs> yeah, it's been a great adventure, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I, I love it. Yeah, I love living here. It's yeah. a great city, and uh, I mean, our plan is this is home. This is this is it. Wow, wow. And uh, if the Lord if the Lord allows, this is where it'll be. <laughs> and um, the thing is, is that a lot of times when I think about people who are who are crazy enough to do this sort of thing, I think about Abraham and Sarah, and I think about how Sarah she says. I don't know what the crazy old man's doing. (laughs) I think my wife feels that way a lot of times about me. He's just a a crazy old man, but but my job is just to follow him. Well, trust me, I have days where I look back and I say, I can't believe we did this. (laughs) 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 Thank God it worked. (laughs) Yeah, well, well, the thing is, is that some are called to go do the hard thing. Yeah. And what you all have done has been the hard thing, but God's rewarded you as a result of it. Tell them where to find you and any kind of information you want to give them. Sunday mornings, 1030, Tallahassee Auto Museum. 
If you're looking for a place to worship, we'd love to have you. It's called Emerge. Emerge Church. It is emergechurch.com. I like that. That's, yep. that's nice and simple. Keep it easy. <laughs> and uh, they're looking for you to come worship with them. And, of course, uh, is your congregation fairly young? It's a little bit of everything. Really? Uh, yeah. We, have, we call them veterans. We have some veterans in the kingdom, some folks that have been around church for a long yeah, time. We have yeah. some young families. Some We have teenagers. We have a little bit of everything, to be okay. honest. Okay. And uh, it's, it's a great the, congregation. But the music style is, is somewhat contemporary. Yeah. And so you should, and it's a little loud, and uh, <laughs> we we do provide earplugs for those who like it a little softer. <laughs> but the kids love it, man. Do they, do they, what, what about the my generation? What do they do? Are they just besides the earplugs? Oh, they're worshiping. They're okay. in it. Yeah, good. And uh, do you all are you theater style, or do you? I know some of the churches nowadays are, they're sitting around tables. So are you? No, we're we're regular theater 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 yeah. style, mm-hmm. and uh, and as he's he's told you, he's he's a man of the word, and he he may deal with topics sometimes. He told yep. us, yep. And the music's going to be loud. <laughs> we do. I mean, to keep it simple, three songs, some announcements, about forty forty five minutes of message, okay, and a few moments for ministry time. Okay, that's that's pretty much our routine. That sounds kind of familiar. It works. <laughs> so I think most churches kind of operate pretty, very similar. Pretty much. That same concept that you're talking about there. Well, again, the invitation is there. Emerge Church out of the uh, Antique Car Museum. Yes, sir. That they're by I 10 out in Mayhand Drive, 1030, yes, Sunday sir. mornings, embarkchurch.com. EmergeChurch.com. Oh, I got the embark for some. That's yeah. a different place. It's Emerge. Right. I'm sorry. EmergeChurch.com. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this great time we've had here just conversing and just talking about the kingdom of God. Father, I do pray your blessings upon this church and this ministry and, and the pastor and his wife. Lord God, give them much fruit for the kingdom. And Lord God, we just ask that uh, the Holy Spirit would just watch over our families. Lord, I just pray over this radio audience. Lord, just bless them. Keep them safe, Lord. Lord, let us grow in your grace and love. And Father, we pray for America. We pray, God, for peace. Peace in this troubled world, Father God. And Lord God, we pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. Father, these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. For the way, it's been great to have you on the show. Thank you for Thank having you me. For I appreciate it. Until next Sunday morning. May the Lord bless you.